This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Hey guys, new podcast. I have a show in Irvine, second weekend in December, I think. First weekend in December, something like that. Go to birdbirdbird.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Tell your friends about this podcast. Um, December is Multimedia Month. I will be doing vlogs, podcasts. I think I'm going to be doing a daily, like, fucking 10-minute vlog just to tell you what I'm doing because I'm getting healthy. I'm going to be losing weight all December. It is my Focus on Your Spirit Month. Uh, So check it out. Get ready for December, everybody. Get ready for December. Get ready for... I wouldn't be shocked if you got some early ones dropping in November, right after Thanksgiving. Uh, today's podcast is a group of very talented comedians. Um, shit. What's fucking Emma's last name? Oh, I'm a fucking asshole. Jeff Tate is on the podcast today. Comedian. Not the guy from Queens, right? Fuck, that's the wrong Jeff Tate. Emma Arnold is on the podcast. She is on tour with Jeff. Uh, Jason Cantor is on the podcast. He is uh, with me in Dayton this weekend. And Jay Snyder is on the podcast. He's a comedian from Dayton who's very funny. He's the one with the deep, raspy voice that talks about going to prison a bunch. Uh, Jason's the one that sounds drunk. And Jeff is the, you know, Jeff's what he sounds like. And Emma's the girl. And I'm me, the Bert. And we taped this in a hotel room. In Dayton, in my hotel room. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. That's all. Have a great weekend. This is a podcast with a fella named Warren Zanes. I know who Warren Zane is. How do I know that? He's a rock and roll writer. And he just wrote a book, a biography. On Tom Petty. Oh, shut the fuck up. Who, uh, that comes out on Tuesday. And so I just, he follows me on Twitter, because I guess I've, like, he just joined Twitter for this. Uh, yeah. And 
I guess he searched uh, Tom Petty in the search bar, and I tweet enough about him that uh, he follows me. Really? So I just DM'd him and was like, I have a podcast, and I'm a huge Petty fan, and I can't wait for your book to come out. You want to do the podcast? And he was like, and he just immediately was like, yeah, let's do it. Is this yours? Yeah. Oh. That's fucking awesome. says this. And then we talk for 45 minutes, and then uh, once the once all the uh, pressers go away for this book, we're going to do more where we just talk about the Heartbreakers. Seriously? Yeah. He's a um, huge Tom Petty fan. But I know I wasn't into Tom Petty until you introduced me to him. Like, I mean, I like Tom Petty, but I wasn't like a... Oh, fuck. I wasn't like a massive Tom Petty fan. All right. But now you are. Now I am. Well, you know what it is? It's the song... The song, you don't know how it feels. Yeah, fucking love that song. Oh, see, it, was, it was "Wreck Me." Wreck Me. Is that what, what it's called? Wildflowers, yeah. the one you said, is the fucking. Yeah. Wait, that... It was, that was for me because I wasn't a huge fan until we started touring. Yeah. And then that that song, I was like, all right. And then Jeff forced it down your throat. Yeah, and you then we spent a lot of time it. in the car of him telling me facts about albums and. Well, I'm just trying to uh, pass the time and. Uh... That seems to annoy her. <laughs> no. I jumped into it late. You know how girls don't like uh, like regular conversation. Oh yeah. Have you, you know, have you fought with Jeff yet? Oh, we had some, <laughs> we've had some big fights. Yeah, he's the most frustrating fucking human being yeah, in the world. But we fixed me. It. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, You're one of the most you frustrating are. fucking people in the entire world. Yeah. Really? A hundred percent. And I'm shocked that you don't remember that fight where we had where we stopped speaking to, to each other in an airport. No. Oh are you god. fucking kidding? We were in, I think we were in, must have been like, I must have been like, I don't know where we were. I want to say it was when we were in Columbus or like Cincinnati. I can't remember ever being in an airport with you. Yeah, we, we flew together. The fight started because I said I would oh, never. O'Hare? No, uh, no, no, no. It wasn't O'Hare because I can remember where we were sitting. It was one of those small yeah. Ohio airports. and, I, and Or Des maybe Moines. like Des Moines. And so I said, this, it was Des Moines. <laughs> it was fucking Des Moines because you had, you weren't drinking. Right. And you had gotten in a fight with Bill Blank the night before. Yeah. And you were fucking angry. And I said, the statement I said was, I wouldn't, I said I wouldn't ever use a, if Comedy Central gave me a swag, I wouldn't use it. And you're like, I use it. And I was like, yeah, well, and I, I said something shitty. I go, yeah, it's because you're young. And right now you'd be like, you'd want people to know that you'd work for Comedy Central. And you're like, that's not why. I'd use it because I need a bag. And I'd use a good bag if I got a bag. I said, oh, well, that, that's not the total reason. And you're like, no, I would. I'd fucking use it. And we got into an argument about whether or not we use a Comedy Central bag. <laughs> and it turned into something about George Bush. And all of a sudden, it was like, it was like we were sitting each other. And we, and we sat next to each other on the plane and we're not speaking. That's amazing. Yeah. I was probably using that Live at Gotham bag. You were that, using the live at Gotham bag. That's they exactly had that shoulder what it was. bag, and I still use it sometimes because it's a fucking really nice bag. Oh fuck! You use the live at Gotham bag still? Yeah, it's a really nice bag. It's like I a three hundred dollar bag. Is it really? Yeah. Manhattan Portage waterproof. Oh yeah, but it sense. also says live at Gotham real small, and I also never ever like if anybody says anything about it, I tell them my brother's a comedian. You said that in the fucking airport. You're like, yeah, I just tell people my brother's a comedian. Yeah. I was like, well, I just don't have a brother. 
Or so whatever my fucking argument was. <laughs> yeah, well, my brother's also not a comedian. You could just lie. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could say, oh, my brother's a comedian. I'm lying. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess I could just say that. And then they'd be like, so wait, tell me about your brother. And I'm like, uh, uh he just got out of the military. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did he get out of the military? I don't know. He got his, he's at Walter Reed. What? Your brother's at Walter Reed? I'm like, fuck, I should have thought this too lie far, out. Too far. So um, have your, um, what about George Bush? Where are we? Where are we meeting on the middle on that? Oh, he's finally? the best president we've ever had. <laughs> so what was the fight? How did you? <laughs> no, I don't remember. George I don't remember. No, what the, our, the fight was uh, we couldn't decide like how good a president he was. Yeah, <laughs> it was like he was so good. I didn't. I Is didn't, he the best or the who second? Who loves him more? That was the fight. Was Is he yeah. the best George Bush there's been? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, the, the fight with Bill Blank. Uh, <laughs> like I, I wasn't drinking then. But not because I wasn't drinking, because he was our ride, and he would get fucking blind drunk. That is a pretty accurate statement about that. drunk. That's a, and I would have to drive his car to our hotel, and then just let him leave. No, the fight was the fight was the fight was based off of we were playing. This is when Paul was alive. Oh we yeah, no, he was he was shit talking me. He was shit talking you, yeah. but he wasn't like he wasn't trying to be mean, and then. It got under your skin, and you were like, "Hey, enough!" And then he fucking flipped it and was like, "Like said something like, let's take it outside." And you're like, "You were like, hold on, that really escalated quick." Yeah. You're like, "I just said some shit talking to me, and you said let's take it outside." But yeah. we, we were playing this game. I used to do. I used to do this thing. This is when I could not get people to come to my shows, and I, if they came to my shows, I was just grateful. So I'd be like, I'd do this thing where I'd put on tournaments after the show in the bar. So I'd set up like a big contest, and we'd do a tournament at the bar. And that is how I provided my worth to the clubs. Because <laughs> everyone would stay and drink. So like we'd have like 30 people standing around drinking. The 30 people were all betting five bucks that they could throw a fucking ping pong ball into a trash can from across the way. So it was like trick shots. But we didn't even have ping pong balls. It was just folded up. It was folded up a piece of paper. <laughs> and we, it was like, a, it was three tiered, it was a three tiered uh, like seats. And you had to rank it off one seat and have it trickle down. It was similar to, uh, uh, it had a skee-ball setup. Where okay. it was like one was at the top, down, down, and yeah. there was like points. Come on, Plus, let's not, uh, let's not ignore the fact that I just never liked Bill Black. He, uh, there's only a few people I have in my life where I can go and hang out with them. Go ahead, grab a seat. And Bill Blank's one of them. You're one of them. There's only a few people that I, like, Jay is one of them. Jason's not, but uh, <laughs> all right. So this is a dual release podcast. Jeff's gonna to release it, and I'm gonna release it. It's called a swapcast. Swapcast. That's a Stanhope concept. Stanhope. Yeah. He's like, wait, why am I doing your podcast when I can release the same content and get the same fucking amount of listeners? What was uh, I'm, I'm totally stealing from Doug. I'm totally stealing from Doug. No, thank you. I quit drinking. Are you fucking yeah. serious? Yeah. Again? Well, I'm an alcohol. <laughs> well, yeah, we know that, but it was fun when you were drinking. Yeah. But I want to stay alive. And it fucks with my meds. Like, my depression gets real bad. Oh, uh, have you thought about microdosing? What? Yep. Is that like a microbrewery? Nope. It's when you take <laughs> just the... Just below the threshold of psychedelics. Look into microdosing. I think you'll like it. What do you? What is that? It's this whole concept of, like, instilling creativity and positive energy and getting all the uplifting spirits of the psychedelics, but you don't trip. You just take just the, just below the threshold of when you start tripping. That's what you take every day. Well, or just for fun. Just for when you're writing. <laughs> when you're feeling down, you take a little cap and you're like, 
I'm gonna fucking have so a like half acid. acid. Yeah, ha- yeah, half a half hit acid. No like an eighth of a hit of acid, I think, is what that you do. I don't know about that, man. What? Come on. It's just easier to not drink. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that Did is. I, part of it. I remember. I remember. I remember. I, I went to. I went to a one AA meeting in my life with this guy Rick Barnes. He took me. I was like, Leanne dumped me. I was like, fucking sitting on the corner of a, like on the on, my, on the street. I used to live on this street, Glencoe. If you look it up on the map, it's right above the Hollywood Hills, right above Hollywood Highland. And I was sitting there eating an Asian pear, and I just I, I just remember I was Dang eating Asian, an ice cold Asian pear, an ice cold Asian oh, pear. Cold. It was so good. And I was like, and I was, I remember I was savoring how fresh it felt and how fresh life could be. I remember thinking that and he came up, this guy, I probably shouldn't, uh, he's never going to hear this. He is a professional uh, Are you wrangler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a professional wrangler. So he's hired by studios to hang out with stars and keep them sober. Wow. Oh. That's his job. He makes. He's so good at that. I think he lives in Hawaii now, but he just, they fly him from Hawaii to fucking set. So he's in like Cabo San Lucas on the set of some desert movie for two months just all he does all he does basically is like he's like like sits to do the first night he's like so what else what other shit you like and the guy will be like I don't know he's like well I don't know what do you want to do with life like what what's something you've always wanted to do and then someone will be like I want to, I'd always want to ride a motorcycle he's like oh, let's get your motorcycle license and the guy's like really he's like yeah come on and so he's like okay so you get your motorcycle license <laughs> and you're a movie star so then he's like let's get a motorcycle man let's go buy a motorcycle how great is this day and then the guy's like I could buy a fucking great motorcycle. He's like, dude, you can get any motorcycle you want. Then they get motorcycles. Then every morning, Rick's like, come on, man. Let's go take a ride. Let's go take a cool ride. Get a cup of coffee. Talk. And then he, it's, it's like, tricks you into being sober. And so... <laughs> it sounds exhausting. He's, no, but he's, but he's but like a really... He's a, he's a real... Well, he gets... He, I don't know. I'm not, he will never say that he gets free shit. But he definitely <laughs> gets a lot of free shit. Yeah. And so he's... And I knew this is what he did. I mean, you see, like... I'm, I can't... I won't say the names... For privacy sakes, I know Rick wouldn't want me saying the names, but the biggest stars in the fucking world would just drive by our house and go to Rick's house and pick them up and they go do stuff. Go, hey man, you should get into poker. Like, that's probably not totally healthy, but that's like, <laughs> but so I'm sitting there eating an Asian pear and, uh, and Rick comes up, he used to smoke cigars and he had a, he had a Connie Corso mass, Mastiff. A Connie Corso is like a big best dog named Drago. And he has Drago with him, he's a cigar. He's like, what's going on, man? And I was like, ah. I go, I was just talking about how fresh the Asian pear was. And I was like, man, it's fucking, I got land dumped me. And I'm fucking, I, what I got to do is I got to, I'm going to only drink on like weekends and then nights that are like, and I was like organizing my drinking out. And he goes, he was like, you know, it's, sometimes it's a whole lot easier just to not drink and just don't worry about it anymore. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. And he was like, <laughs> and then he's like, why don't we go get a cup of coffee and we'll talk tonight. And I was like. Okay, like he was a cool guy. I liked being around him, so I was like, sure. So we go down to the co- to the uh, Starbucks on Highland on Franklin and Highland. We go to that Starbucks. We have a cup of coffee. It was like odd. I remember him saying, "Me, the, we'll, me, I'll come get you at five forty-five, and we'll walk down and we'll get a cup of coffee." So I was like, five forty-five is an odd time, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go down to the Starbucks, have a cup of coffee, and he's looking at his watch. He's like. Uh, there's a meeting, like, right across the street at that school. You want to go? And I was like, oh, for what? And he's like, hey, hey, come on, let's go. Let's just go. Let's just listen. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we walk in, and I saw some celebrities, and I was like, shut the fuck. Because he was dialed in. This was, like, fucking celebrity heaven. And I was like, oh, my God, that's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah. And so we're, like, listening. And he says, you know, when, the, when it comes around, you should say something. You should stand up. Talk. Tell them what you're going through. This is what this is about. 
share your problems, tell them what you're going through. And I was like, in my head now, I'm like, I'm drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to share my fucking problems. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm overweight, I need to lose some weight, I, my, uh, this chick dumped me, I've been, I've been like partying pretty hard for my adult life, and then I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about this, I'm going to talk, maybe I'll open up. The guy before me stands up and he goes, oh, I'm having a rough day. Um, I sucked my landlord's cock this morning and lit his car on fire. And I was like, no, I don't have any fucking problems. And then I was like, Rick, I don't think I'm going to talk. He's like, just talk. And then I got up and I was like, I want to lose some weight. Like, I want to, you know, had an Asian pear this morning. It was really fresh. Some dude sucked my dick, but yeah. then my car got set on fire. Yeah, I kind of got tricked into this meeting by going to a fucking... But yeah, he's uh, that was the guy. That was the only AA meeting I ever went to, and I, I got done. It was it was cool, man. I gotta be honest with you. Like those guys were really cool. They came over, gave me the book, the like book, and then one guy asked me if I wanted he wanted to if I wanted some help with sobriety, and I was like, no, I, I think I got it locked. And he was like, what? I was like, I'm just not gonna drink for a while. He's like, no, forever. I said, no, for a while. I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I can do forever. And he was like, no, it's got, day by day, but just day by day. And I was like, sure. I stayed sober for like eight months, didn't drink, and then one night, me and Leanne takes me back together, we hang out, we're having a great relationship, and we're in Italy, and Leanne's like, I just think it's silly that you can't enjoy a glass of wine in fucking Venice on a romantic night. And she's, I was like, I think you're right. I was fucking white knuckling it. I was like, this is so stupid. I was like, this is, I'm like, this is where in fucking Venice, it's snowing, it's, we're, it's like, fucking, we're lost, we found this restaurant, they have wine on the table, Leanne's having a glass of wine, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, this is stupid. I fucking took a glass of wine, and we had a fucking blast. And I, and I was, we got lost again, and we were drinking, stopping one place, another, drinking, and I was like, this is what I'm fucking talking about! And then I was like... And then uh, I've been going pretty hard ever since. <laughs> I wish you had just shared all of that at an AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on the uh, wagon. My name's Bert, and thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks. I'm on the wagon Let December 1st. Yeah? For yeah. how long? Till uh, December 31st. One month. One month. And that's where I was coming back. I'm stealing Doug Stanhope's idea. And I hope Doug's cool with me stealing it, but I'm podcasting every single day about what I'm going through. Uh, not drinking? Yeah, because he did the Tin Camry yeah, yeah. and I loved it. I loved that podcast. I dial in every day, and it was like a soap opera. It was such a genius idea. So I'm going to either do that, either podcast about it, or vlog about it every single day and put it on my YouTube you channel. Do both. I mean, there's no yeah. reason you can't do you know, both. Eight extra hours a day, probably. Oh, you, I, like, yeah. Dude, one of my buddies, I'm not going to say this guy's think name. Of, uh, think of the, you could probably buy a real nice camera after a week and not drinking. I don't pay for drinks. I haven't paid for drinks. <laughs> I haven't paid for a drink in so fucking long. That's why, like, you're like a real life uh, George Went. Like yeah. that, that came out wrong because George Went is a real person. But <laughs> you're like... Like, he got that way by being on a show about where he was the guy who drank beer. Yeah. But you didn't even have to be on that show. You just became the guy that everyone uh, buys <laughs> drinks for. Do you want to know something really crazy? I sat next to George Went on a plane, and I couldn't tell if it was him or not. And I was like, I wonder if this is him. So I just, like, real quick, I, I Googled George Went. And in the Google search, I wish I had my phone, I'd show you. He was wearing the exact same outfit in the picture that he was wearing on the plane. He was wearing black shorts. You can buy this black shorts, a black shirt that is mismatched blacks, white socks, uh, and white shoes. And it was the exact same outfit, the exact same fucking outfit. I was like, was this taken today? Uh, that's, that's like when I, when I met you and you were wearing the same exact outfit as you were in your bio, like in your headshot. Yeah. 
That Wait, a lot. Sweet, when did you quit drinking? It's been seven weeks, September 21st. Nice. The last beer I had was at Cheers. Oh, in I saw that picture. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Wait, what, uh, like, were you just fucking partying too hard? You're like, I gotta stop, or? Well, I had, I had gone, like, two weeks before that. Yeah. Uh, then I was at Cheers, so I had another one. Uh, I just had one. But, yeah, I drink, uh, like, I don't have, I can't stop it. Like, really? I can be social, like, I can socially drink uh, sometimes, but sometimes I can't, and I never know when I can or can't until it's too late. Oh, yeah. Too late, like what? Too late, like... Too late, like it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and I'm still awake somehow, and I drank all the beer in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I I never saw you like that, though. I always saw you as being fun. Who else? Tommy Jonigan never drank, and then he started drinking. I thought I was like, keep drinking. He's a black drinking. Tommy? Yeah. But Tommy will drink, like, a whole bottle of scotch and then rip a fucking... uh, Toilet paper dispenser off the wall at a steak and shake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the problem here? That's the... Like, Jay didn't drink when I first met Jay. No, no, I'm a booze bag, they say. Yeah, we rolled in with a couple beers today. But weren't you uh, on probation or something? I'm always on and off, bro. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of want to still work out. I'm weird about booze. Like I, like, I have a hard time drinking in the day and, and then if I have stuff to do. Right. Like I'm and I'm like the same way about everything. Like if I like someone like someone come over to my house and they'll a lot of times to do a podcast and they'll bring like a case of beer and think we're getting fucked up. And I, in my head I'm like, "Oh, I'm, I have workout gear on. Like we're going to do a podcast and then we'll drink some coffee." That's why I love doing the podcast with Tate Fletcher. You know who Tate Fletcher is? No. He's one of Rogan's buddies and he has this company called Caveman Coffee and he rolled in with a fucking crate of coffee. And we did a podcast and he's just inspirational as fuck. He's ripped. He's like biggest. He looks like a pirate, and he's just and he's just all this shit he was saying. And I was like, and we're drinking coffee, and he's like, brother, it was great meeting you. I'm taking off. I was like, all right. And then I went. I'm like, kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've created a monster where people show up with beer. Oh, yeah, oh I think that's what they're supposed to do because uh, they don't want to let you down, did. Bert. Yeah, there's it's the 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 thing is, um, like I said to I, I was talking to my therapist about it. And I was like, I go, I have a really hard time not drinking when I do shows because, like, it's just, like, people just fucking assault me with shots. I mean, last night, there were two tables who each had four shots each for me waiting, like, just sitting there. And I was like, I can't do shots, guys. That's eight shots for one human man. Yeah. And then, that's not even talking about the drink sent to stage, the shot sent to stage, the shot waiting for me when I got off. And I was like, I can't fucking, I can't do all this. I like, it's like, I, and I like, and, you, and I tell people, I can't do shots. I'm done doing shots. I just don't. I don't even enjoy them really. No. I don't, I've never enjoyed shots. I they enjoy, don't taste I, good. But it's they like, fuck it's like, up your pacing. Yeah. You're drinking, you're drinking pacing where, like, you forget, you lose track. Yeah. Then you're smashed drunk. And why am I barfing? Yeah, it's, it's it doesn't make any fucking shots. sense to do a shot and then. But like I don't mind like a fireball that's shot. The first thing I had all day was a shot <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah, I mean Jay, <laughs> <laughs> you two alcoholics. <laughs> um, yeah, well I know Jason well enough to know that he's not trying to impress you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's just a fucking drunk. <laughs> this has nothing to do I like with to have you. A good time. <laughs> I like to have a good time too. I like, but I, I'm excited to see how December pans out. I'm gonna lose so much fucking weight. I, yeah. Uh, dude, if you cut out 2,000 calories at the end of your night, it just tears off you. The last time I didn't drink, I didn't drink for a month, I lost 40 pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. 
<laughs> That's not what. Yeah. Why did you quit drinking? Did you get AIDS? No, no. It was I was turning forty. <laughs> I was turning forty, and I and I and I didn't have I didn't have like two weeks of I didn't have like three weeks of work set up, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cancel this last week of work, and I'm going to spend my whole birthday month, like the leading up to my birthday home, I'm going to get my head straight and like fucking figure out what I'm doing with my life and, and like get in shape, get in, get good, get healthy. And I, and I fucking to cleanse that I, that I still kind of stick to when I'm home. It's juice in the morning, lean protein at lunch, juice at night. And you just, and you're eating like maybe 2000 calories, 1500 calories a day. And it just, with no booze, that's, a, and, I, and I'm very active, and this sounds crazy. Like, I work out every day, it's just with booze, it just fucking levels out. And so, but I don't even, like, drink that much. Like, last night, no. I, but, but I say not that much, but I think if other people saw it, they'd be like, yes. Yeah. Not, not much yeah, to yeah. you. This, yeah. this story started with you saying you had eight shots waiting. I didn't do them all. Yeah, I didn't do them all. I got out off the stage, and I was like, I hid by the bar on the side, and then I fucking walked around with my camera. And I just avoided shots. It's got to be an extra yeah, 1,500 calories a day, bare minimum, right? Just shots. Just shots? Just, just you know, what you're drinking. Like 1,500, oh. like... We'll figure... Oh, at, at least. least. Yeah, yeah, at least. And then we're not talking about the fact that you're a little drunk and you go and buy 10 fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. Or $120. $120 worth of breakfast sandwiches. I bought, I bought $75 worth of breakfast sandwiches once at McDonald's because I was late to work again. And I knew that uh, they never fire the person who shows up at breakfast. <laughs> so I showed. I went to McDonald's. Like I was like ninety minutes late, and I showed up with forty fucking egg McMuffins. That, that, there's something like there's something really beautiful that I don't think enough people do is do that once or twice in your life, and it's just it's a fun feeling. I used Watch to do, people's faces as you walk in. But I used to do this. I used to have this guy that was like I would say my assistant, but he wasn't my assistant on my first TV show. He was just my sidekick. Like, Gary Valentine? No. No. <laughs> it's this guy, Carlos. He was like the head PA. Like, he ran all the PAs. And me and him just got hit it off. And he'd just come into my... I'd go in to my green room, and he'd be sitting in my green room. And he'd be like, all right, boss, this is what we got planned for today. And it was like... It was <laughs> the funnest working relationship I've ever had. Because I'd go in, and he, like... It was all about it was coming up with ideas to make the day, the day fun. And so, like... He was like a Mexican guy, but he was like dialed in. Like, he had that, like... That uh, entrepreneurial Mexican attitude, you know, like, all right, boss, I say we call it a Big Mac Monday. And I was like, yeah, he goes, give me a hundred bucks, I'm gonna go get a hundred bucks worth of Big Macs, and it's dollar Big Macs today, we'll bring in a hundred fucking Big Macs, watch everyone go fucking nuts. I was like, done! And I give him a hundred bucks, and then I just sit, and, and then he'd, he'd be off with, like, on the side of the stage, and the whole crew's there, and we're rolling, but you could get out of scene, because it wasn't live, it was live to tape or whatever, and he'd... Have the Big Macs on the side. I go, all right, cut everybody. It's Big Mac Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Carly. He just walked in and everyone's like, what the fuck? It was the greatest. We do on Fridays, we do uh, Mo, Money, uh, Mo Money Fridays. And so we'd bring in a box and everyone would put in a dollar, write your name on the dollar. And then there was, it would, it would, you could put as much as you wanted. And we'd have like pots of like 250 and people would pull it out. And it was always the right person to win it. And so like... And it was like, it was, and he was so funny. He'd just start going, mo money, mo money. And he'd just walk around. Oh, I wouldn't miss that shit. That's the only fun thing about being on TV shows. You have around. a TV show. Why don't you just find Carlos and give him a job? Uh, <laughs> yeah, why don't I? He was, yeah. he was fun as fuck. You love this guy. The guy's probably a fucking... 
PA on uh, something garbage now. He comes into my room. My he's trying room. to get. He's, he's, no, he's 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 got to be working. I bet I can find him. I guarantee he's on a big show. He's he's the kind of guy that would work his way up. He's probably like supervising, producing something. Yeah, but he's not like the the those Big Bang Theory dorks don't want to have Big Mac Monday. Oh, they don't, yeah. <laughs> he comes in one day and he goes. I'm walking to my dressing room. He's sitting in my dressing room. He goes. Do you think you could scare someone if they were blindfolded? <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm fucking obsessed. So we fucking got a camera and we fucking blindfolded people to see if we can scare them. He's like the fucking greatest guy, man. I fucking ran but into him one time. Couldn't you? Like if they're blindfolded, you can't. You can't. Why? Can't? Uh, you can't scare someone blindfolded. They don't get scared. Why? Really? I don't know why. It just, it just doesn't work. What were you doing to try and scare him? Just, you blindfold him? But the thing is, they're anticipating it so much that it doesn't pay off. So you should take him into a helicopter and only go like two feet off the ground but tell him you're in the sky and then <laughs> push him out. their throat. And then slip down the rope. Slip down the rope. you play for keys. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun prank. Yeah. Let's see, the extra... <laughs> I just found my daughter's found. That's like that's how you scare everybody else in the helicopter. Yeah, everyone has to be scared. Oh, oh you're supposed to scare the blindfolded person. Oh, everyone, shit. everyone's shit. blindfolded. It's so funny when you tell a story. You, your your recollection of it is so. Um, serious cast and crew. Oh fuck! You really you're just on IMDb for <laughs> never gonna fucking find Carlos. The X show or whatever. Yeah. Art department. Camera. Let's see. Other crew. How do you not have his number or name? What's his last name? Uh, I don't know. He was so fucking fun, man. He had like it was it was crazy because he had he was my he was my age. I was probably twenty six. He was twenty six, and he had like three kids. So like it was like it was he was we were from totally different lives, but we used to hang out so much. I got such a kick out of that fucking Well, guy. Big Mac Mondays, if Carlos listens to this, <laughs> reach out to old Burt Kreischer. It's not art. Oh, here, maybe this is it? Big Mac Monday, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, are we going to edit this part out, or should no. I be carrying the load right now? Maybe I can, <laughs> yes, maybe someone else can talk. <laughs> it's so confusing, Bert. I have no idea whether or not I'm allowed to talk. Ari Sandel was on that show. That's not his name. No, but uh, Ari Sandel <laughs> directed a, won an uh, Oscar. For, oh yeah, for what? Um, Crash. A short film. Traffic. No, I wonder what he's doing now. Ari Sandel. Yeah, he right now he did yeah. a movie called The Duff. Oh, it's The funny. Duff. It's funny that not your your act is the only thing that just strays in different directions. Just through the, that's your. Genuine thought process of you're looking up Carlos and then all of a sudden you're yeah. on another IMDb page. Yeah, what's Ari's in the middle of a podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. You you totally never found out what happened to Carlos, <laughs> and now you're concerned about Ari Sandel. But you did find out what happened to Ari Sandel. Ari Sandel was dating a girl that lived in our building. My wife and I, and I hadn't seen this. I hadn't seen Ari since uh, two ninety nine, two thousand. De- uh, De- Detroit on Detroit Street. Yeah, yeah. and so we're. Uh, this is probably two thousand seven, maybe. And I'm, I get in the elevator, and I fart in the elevator, and the doors open, and it's Ari Sandel and his girlfriend, and he goes, Bert Kreischer, and I just farted in there. And they were on the second floor, and I walked out of the door on the second floor, and I was like, 
what's up, man? And then he was confused. He's like, why, why didn't we just talk in the elevator? And the door is shut. And I was like, oh, man, we missed the elevator. And he's like, what? I was like, it's so good to see you. And then they hit the button, and the elevator doors open again. And I went, uh, and then I reached in, hit one, and let it close. And I was like, I was so uncomfortable. His girlfriend was so fucking hot. She was like the hottest chick in our building. And I, I mean, like, you know, you, not, you don't fantasize, but you definitely are like, motherfucker, I would love a... And then all of a sudden, Ari's slamming it. I was like, uh, he's good friends with Steve Byrne and Sebastian and all those guys. Oh. Yeah, Ari Sandel directed uh, the Wild West Comedy Tour. Oh. Yeah. I think. I'm kind of putting that together. <laughs> so, yeah. You so, might have just made that up. So, you smoke pot still? Yeah. Okay, well then, that's fine. Yeah, I'm still cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. I guess you're still cool. Yeah. I, 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 I still need that. to go to sleep. Wait, my problem is I couldn't smoke pot and not drink beer. Oh, I can easily. Really? Yeah, it's very easy to not drink when I'm stoned. I don't like to be both ever. Oh, and then it just overwhelms you all at once and you're just fucking mumbling? Oh, yeah, yeah. Best. You're smoking. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? Let's go around the room and find out how old everyone was when they smoked pot for the first time. Emma? Twelve. Twelve? Holy shit. I think that might take the cake go. Oh, except Jay is going to come in with his redneck equation. You guys go first. <laughs> Eight, 18. I was 14. I was 18 as well. I was 10 or 11. I had a felony by 12. <laughs> no brag. What was your felony? <clears throat> first one, ag burglary. Aggravated burglary. Felony one. At 12? Uh, no, it was 15. I, li- I lied. I, was, uh, I also okay. lied. Okay. <laughs> I also lied. <laughs> but, uh, I was, uh, a felon who lies? No. Yeah, I, w- I was dating this girl and she told me that she was going to this uh, Halloween party or whatever. And I was, told her, I was like, uh, I know her dad has guns. So we'll just, when they leave, we'll just steal the guns and shit. And that's what we did. And then, uh, you know, <clears throat> that got the ball rolling. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a hard process to get out. <clears throat> but uh, but then I stole three fifty seven from my stepdad. He was pretty pissed off about that. I thought he was going to piss whip me once he got back. Uh, anybody else? <laughs> did he call the cops or did that? Uh, oh no no no! The so cops was, were already. That's off the record. They were already on it. No 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 no! I, no I, they, they bundled it. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know how you can get the uh, cable, phone, and internet all one one price? That's what they did with me. <laughs> no, who's worse? You or your brother? Worse isn't better. Like no, who's like, who, thief? Who was worse? Like who was the instigator? Because you have a twin brother, identical twin, identical yeah. twin. Jesus. Oh, we, we we both did our own thing. You know, I like to think <laughs> I like to think I'm a better thing. I could steal a radio and leave the music there. You know, <laughs> steal a radio and leave the music uh, there. <laughs> no, but we both, <laughs> we both got uh, we both got our felonies at the same time. But he broke into my cousin's house, stole all of. Uh, her guns and VCRs and all that shit. Did either of you ever commit a crime not against one of your own family members? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you That's get awesome. caught for those? <laughs> Some of them. Uh, <laughs> How many, okay, what's, what percentage of crimes did you get away with versus, versus get oh, caught Oh, I got for? away with way more. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to read the, the newspaper just to see if they had suspects and shit, like... Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, that's one time I was breaking into cars, stealing CDs or whatever, and change out of people's. That's what. And so, and there's this uh, little skinny black dude was walking up the road, and he had a big knot in the center of his head where he. I, I don't know what the fuck happened to him, whatever. 
But uh, I ended up getting caught breaking these cars later that night. And then they're like, was it you? I was like, no, it wasn't me. I go, I was walking down the alley, and uh, I seen this black kid, like, yank this door open, and the door hit him right in the head. And he, like, this, oh, my God. And this knot popped up. <laughs> totally pinned it on this motherfucker, and uh, and they ended up arresting him and shit. But uh, but that our, guy's life's been ruined. Uh, <laughs> He's been in the system uh, for twenty yeah. years. <laughs> I thought it was pretty quick. Thinking on my feet. You know? uh, another time. Oh no, it, that, it was that same time. But I have a cousin. His name's Jason, and so they thought I was Jason. So like they're taking the statement and all this stuff. And they write Jason's name, uh, you know, I, Jason Snyder, or whatever, when they filmed it out. And I sign it, J. Snyder. And I'm like, I just I just got out of it. I just, you, can't, you can't charge me with a felony. You guys put the wrong name on there. You know? Did that don't work? work like, no, it don't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have whiteout. I wasn't aware of it. Uh, did you know whiteout's not just for huffing? You know? <laughs> when was the last time you stole something? <laughs> Today, <laughs> just filled my tank up over at the BP. <laughs> now, when did the last time I stole something? <laughs> you stared at that watch. Did you steal that watch? Oh no, I bought this baby at Walmart twenty dollars the other day. It's no brag. It's, I don't know how to set it, but you know. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, so, did you and your brother ever commit a felony together? Oh yeah, really? And you have an older brother too, right? Yeah. Oh what? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's the real felon in the felon family. Really? Uh, well, my uncle killed his son, but, you know, he kind of got away with that a little your bit. Your uncle killed your brother's son? No, no, my uncle killed his own son. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And, uh... Why? Yeah. It was, uh... They, they were drunk. You know you know how it Car gets. Crash you know, shot him in the head. I know they were just uh, partying, sort of beating the hell out of one another. Uh, obviously, uh... My cousin got the upper hand, so the old man got, <laughs> the, old man got the pistol. And, uh, I shot him. Shot him. Killed him. Killed him. Killed him. Uh, dead. Yeah. <clears throat> and, how uh, oldish? Uh, oh, he was. Monk was probably fucking sixty at that time, yeah. and uh, I think he did eight or ten years in prison. They dropped it to manslaughter. So the cousin was like thirty-ish something. Uh, Not like a yeah, I'd say I'd say probably around thirty. Yeah, something like that. Shut but my but my older brother. <clears throat> He's been in prison several times, whatever. But the the one time these guys, uh, this guy, this guy hired him to burn down. He owned a bunch of rental properties or whatever. And he goes, "Hey man, I'll give you five grand. You burn down this dentist office or whatever." And my brother's like, "Yeah, um, absolutely." So he, he goes in and has a buddy. I got a pair of matches. I can do that. <laughs> has a buddy drive him out there, and he said he goes in. You know, has the key, so he goes in and starts fucking spreading diesel fuel or whatever the fuck he used. And uh, and he lights it. He goes and it started burning so hot. It, you know, he literally goes, boof, like that or whatever, and he goes to get out, and he can't open the door or whatever, and he's like, I'm going to sit in here and fucking, bur-. he finally gets out or whatever. The guy doesn't pay him. So the guy that gave him a ride out there goes to the guy that hired him. He goes, uh, he's, you're, you're going to pay us the fucking money, or I'll, I'll go to the sheriff and tell him what, that you hired us to burn the place down. And he's like, there's nobody that fucking stupid who would... Turned himself in. So out of spite, this motherfucker goes to the shit and fucking tells on the whole operation. <laughs> out of spite. <laughs> yes. Turns himself in because he's pissed off the guy. <laughs> Not only did you take $5,000 from me, I'm going to spend three years in prison also because I'm pissed off and we cannot let this go. Didn't he just burn down fields too? Your brother? Or was that the dentist office that he burned down? 
No, no, it's a field now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love, I used to, when I first started working here, I used to love listening to Jay's stories. Because they were all so fucking, like, the time those guys broke into your house to beat you guys up but couldn't get out because you had child locks on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, didn't even bre- they didn't even break in. I invited them. Uh, it was weird. And then, uh, I remember going to smoke a joint and then I, I was just hammered. It's like I had quit drinking forever and... And that night I started again to drink a few pitchers and I was hammering and we're lighting a joint and I just, like I just, the guy's hitting a joint and I just tried to sucker punch him and missed him. And fucking, so he, he's just standing there smoking a joint and he sees my fist go by him. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he just grabs me and just starts beating the bloody hell out of me and, uh, and eventually he throws me through the drywall in the living room and, uh, and I'm just laying on the floor and he's just kicking the shit out of me and then he walks over to the door but he couldn't get out because I had childproof locks <laughs> <laughs> and I start getting back up so he just walks back and starts kicking me again and uh, <laughs> he goes back to the door and he's like fucking rattling it, you know, like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh then comes back, kicks me a couple more times, you know, and I'm like, I'm trying to get up. I'm like, I'm trying to open the son of a bitch, all right? You keep getting, uh, getting your ass kicked in your own home, very humiliating. Uh, having to get up and let the son of a bitch out, way worse. <laughs> uh, I've been in a fight in, I've been in a fight since college. Probably last fight I was in, I lost, and that's I've never. Was that when you tried to t- when you touched that black guy's hair? No, that was in high school. They found <laughs> that guy too. My buddy Cowhead found that guy. Yeah, he found him. He said, uh, "We got Donovan." Was the guy's name? What? He's a real guy. I mean, it's like. It's well, no, a, I knew. Yeah. I figured he was a real guy, but Cowhead found him. <laughs> found him. Found about? his daughter on Facebook or on MySpace. Is how long ago it was. Found his daughter on MySpace. He said, "Is your dad state wrestling champion Donovan? Whatever. I mean, you can find, probably find the guy who's a state wrestling champion." And uh, and she said, yeah. And he, so we'd like to have him come in studio and meet a guy he beat up in high school. And the guy Donovan was like five grand. Really? Grand. I'm not giving you five. Yeah, yeah five I can burn a dentist office down for that. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, yeah, so he didn't come in. But he wanted five thousand dollars to come yeah, in. I think on the so. I think he wanted like five grand. That's insane to come in and meet me. There's like I don't know. I, there's all, it's the, the craziest thing about telling stories is that all those people show up. And like, like I, I had to call Hutch and Harper when I was my guys was about the Disneyland on Acid story. Yeah, I had to call them and say, "Hey, I'm giving. I gotta give you a heads up. I'm telling this on TV. I didn't do that with all my stories. I do it with my book. I had to go through with a lawyer and be like, <laughs> be like, make sure everything was legit. And there's parts where you're like, where he's like, and you're saying this, is this true? And you're like, 100 percent true. I can't lie about it. Like, like, and you're laying in bed. And you're like, all right. Now here's the here's the question. It's like, uh, like, I'm trying to think of a story that would be, like, that all that only I was at, like, like, but I guess all of them have like people in there that could have verified them, like the Trace Morgan thing. Tony Woods was there that night. Yeah, like he was there for the whole thing. So it's as much my story as it is his. It's super hilarious that we all know Tracy Morgan can't verify that story. Yeah. Oh, he he said it never happened. He went on Reddit and he said, I've never met this guy. I don't know who he is. I was like, yeah, I met you one time. Of course. That, why would you ever remember the one time you hung out with the guy who worked the door at the club? But Tony Woods, I remember when we did Brouhaha, I said to Tony, i got to tell you this story. And tell me if you remember it the way I do. 
And he was, I started telling him, and he goes, oh, I know, this is the one where we get thrown out of the club, and he goes, that's how you get a pay and check? And I said, yes. He goes, yeah. But Tony's recollection of it is, I'm much more culpable. Like, he's like, I remember you had your shirt off at that club. And I was like, no, I didn't. I definitely, and I was like, that doesn't sound like me. Now it's what it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Yeah, but, uh, but I'm trying to think, like, the Will Smith story is something no one can corroborate. Yeah. Like, because it was just me and Will Smith. And, I, and, and it was all my perceptions of the evening, but they're like, you know, I remember them saying, my lawyer was like, are you sh- like because they thought I was lying? He's like, are you sure there was a movie theater at this place? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, because that's something they can check out. I go, yeah. Like, say you think I'm lying, but yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking like. There's so many elaborate parts to do those lies. Like, lies aren't that good. Like, yeah, you know, like I, I was like, yeah, there's a fucking movie theater underneath this place. And I and he was like, okay. Like uh, the Russian mob one, he was they they were like went through the fine tooth comb. The machine, yeah, the yeah the machine, and I, they were the like, fucking I'm, reason you got the deal. The reason I got the deal. <laughs> Have you the, been in contact with any of those guys? I was yeah. wondering. The, okay, yeah, I talked to everyone in my class comes out to my shows. So like, I get, they come in for Big Mac Monday. Russians, the Russians, no, 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 they're all. I can't imagine. Do you think they know? Like, well, the Igor I knew. Uh, I haven't talked to. I don't know what he's doing, um, but. He's, but in, I don't think he'd be upset by the story. I don't say he did anything bad. The other two Igors, I only met that one time for the train trip. And the ironic part of the thing, story that I never tell is, you want to, so we rob the train and then we get done, and everyone's really upset with me. Obviously, like we toured the Kremlin that day, and no one would t- talk to me. Like they were really <laughs> fucking pissed. So I robbed them. I mean, we robbed them. So, <laughs> and so, and so. Uh, it was uncomfortable. I sat in the back of the bus smoking <laughs> cigarettes, and the, and no one would make eye contact with me. So then that night, uh, I fucking slept all day, all night. Wake up, and we had like a we have like the teachers came into my room, and they're like, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. We may send you home or whatever. And I was like, I was like, okay. And then I was like, but I was also like, guys, there was everything was out of my control. And they're like, no, but you got yourself into this. So then they talked to the Igor back in St. Petersburg and told him what happened. And Igor said, if I were you, I suggest. You let Bert drink with those people on the ride home to St. Because the same dudes drive drink with those guys on the ride back to St. Petersburg from Moscow. Because if you don't, something really bad might happen. And they were like, what? And like, he, was, he was like, well, look at it this way. Did anyone get killed? And they're like, no. And he's like, did anyone get raped? And they're like, no. And he's like, so what? Some people lost, like, what, like a little bit of money and a, and a couple cameras? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, is, that, is everyone Okay. Like, yeah, he's like, so Bert will drink with them on the ride back. (laughs) Teachers came in and they were like, listen, it would be cool if you would just sit with those guys and just drink with them because they they liked me and they thought I was funny. And so, and nothing bad happened. And so I went, okay. So I went back and I drank with them on the ride back. And I did not want to be with them. I really genuinely did not want to be with them. I'll take one for the team, guys. And I I went back and I sat. I was like, what's up, guys? And they're like, the machine. I was like, yeah. And they just took pictures of me shitting all night. Like, I just, it was, they thought it was hilarious that I'd let them take a picture of me shitting. And they were like, because, like, you gotta remember, they were communists that Russia, none, none of that, like, freedom stuff that we would have done in college ever existed to them. So the fact that a guy would let him take a picture of them on the toilet, I was like, no! And they were laughing hysterically. <laughs> but yeah, and then when we got back uh, in the class, we had a big group meeting in St. Petersburg, and my Igor, who's by the way my friend, he was like my, my genuine friend, we hung out every single fucking day, every single night. He comes in and everyone's voicing their opinions, yelling at me while girl's crying, because they'd gone in 
spit vodka in people's faces. I mean, it was it was aggressive. No, I candy coated on stage, but it was aggressive. That's a bit aggressive, yeah. Yeah, and she was yelling. She was a uh, um. Uh, I'm not even fucking describe her because if she hears this, she will not like this story. But she was yelling at me, and then another teacher got up. The, the lady that got the vodka spit her face got up and was yelling at me. How dare you! And then Igor shuts up. Igor stands up and he goes, everyone shut the fuck up. All you bitches, shut the fuck up. Because, by the way, Russia is like that back in 1995. There was no, like, fucking women's rights. It was like, all you fucking women, shut the fuck up. He saved your fucking lives. I don't want to hear another fucking word about this. And he just walked out. And I was like, meeting adjourned. <laughs> and I went back. I went to his room. And we just started drinking. Like, right after this meeting. By the way, I'm supposed to be going to class. We just start drinking. And he's like, they have no idea what could have fucking happened. This isn't fucking Tallahassee. This is Moscow we're talking about. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, the first time someone from my class came to that show, uh, it was I was doing a documentary. That I, I ended up doing a documentary <laughs> called I Am the Machine, but it didn't get released because it was just a little bit of a clusterfuck. So we, we still got to pay for money, and it's like you want to get a release, you don't want to just put it on the internet. And you think these guys put all this time and money, and I want them to be rewarded. And it's just been a little bit difficult to get funding to get the rest of it. Anyway, the film crew's there, and I walk in, we're in Portland, and someone says to me, I got. Someone left you something they want you to see. So I go, okay. So they hand me like a sleeve of like photos. And I go to my room and I open it up. The first picture is of me and Igor. And I went, and my heart dropped. So two things happened. Because I thought, <laughs> first initial thought, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest right now. Did I make this story up? Did I lie? And someone knows the truth and is here to call me on it. And I have a fucking film crew documenting me. And I'm like, did, hold on, did they set this up? Did they set... And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going through it. I go, this story's true. I know this story's true. I know this story's true. I was there. This is true. And then I'm like, I'm flipping through all the pictures and I'm like, holy shit. So I go up on stage and I start doing the show and I see the guy in the front row. I go, he was in my fucking class. I robbed that dude. dude. <laughs> His name's DJ. He lives in, I think he lives in like Malaysia now or something. I go, fuck. I go, you know what? I was like, I'm going to tell, I'm going to, uh, look, I can't, if, if I am lying, I'm, I am thinking, I do have a documentary that we can get it all on film, and at least that'll be good. And, but I'm no, in my head, I'm like, I know this story is 100% true. I know it is, because I lived it, but you tell it so much, it doesn't become real. Like, it's in yeah. a weird way, you're disconnected yeah. to your yeah. own truth. Like, you just, it just seems like a bit now. It doesn't seem like a, like a true story the way it was the first time I told it. And I was like, oh, yeah. The memory is the story. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like I punched it up so much. Like, what part is true? And I, <laughs> and I go, I tell the story, and he's like nodding and laughing. And then I bring him up on, I go, I got to do this right now. I go, this is in the documentary. I go, uh, there's a guy that was in that class, and the fucking place is like, and I go, he's sitting in the front row right now. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. I go, DJ, come on up. And he's like, what's up, man? And I go, I got to ask you this. Just be honest. No, you're not, you cannot fuck me up on this. I go, is that story true? And he looks, looks at me, grabs the mic, goes, 100%. And I was like, fucking told you! Like, I was like, fucking knew it! And that's not even the, like, I've had three other people from my class come to my shows and sit in the front row and just nod. And every time I bring them up on stage, I'm like, I gotta ask you, what, what is wrong with that story? And they're like, nope, that's exactly how it went down. I was like, fucking told you. And like, it's the craziest <laughs> fucking... You're told you. to nobody. But like, You're I'm like, it to your own, in your own brain. In my own brain, it's, yeah. because it's such a great fucking story. I have a hard time believing that that really happened to me. 
Yeah, it works. It, it's it's such a good story. It works every time I tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used it. I used to teach storytelling workshops at universities, nonprofits, all over the place, and yeah. I would play that story as the perfect example of like how to tell a story of like an arc. Oh, of oh really? Detail. Yeah. So it's a great story. Ari Shafir and I sat in Montreal talking about the perfect story because I had told a story about me and my buddy Eddie. That was a good story. But it didn't have an end, and then I got an end to it, and I told it, or he was like, or he was like, and I told it on his short storytelling show in Montreal, and he goes, "That's it, that's the fucking story. A story's got to have an end. You can't not have an end. You can't go." And then we just all like went our different ways. Yeah. Like you, you got to have an end. You got to have like a a launch and a land. The, I the, say. Yeah, the fucking. I mean, the Tracy Moore story is a perfect story because it's it's a it's a convoluted story, but it's a perfect story because it's now that's how you get out of paying a check. Best punchline walks away. Right. Never see the guy ever again in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Like those. I, I love a good end to a story. Yeah. It's like the fucking cater salad. Yeah. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that in a in a movie theater in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and going, "Ooh, I want to be able to do that." Mm-hmm. Drunk the in a movie theater. In a movie theater, yeah. Was it on that blue collar thing? Yeah, it was on blue collar. You Leanne, went and saw blue collar. Uh, Leanne made me. <laughs> Like, we were the only people in the movie theater. It was at the Arclight. <laughs> the Arclight. They played the blue... Co- no one went to that fucking movie. And me was and it Leanne, in the Cinerama <laughs> No. And me and Leanne sat there, and it was like... And I was like... Some of the... You know, most of the material, I'm just like... Uh, it's not my style. It's not my, what, my sense of humor. You know? Now it's odd, because there's like a Bill Engvall joke that I was like, rolled my eyes at, and then the other day I told something similar. Like... Man, my daughter's getting hot panties. And I was like, wait, what? what? Oh, that's not my bit. Oh, fuck. I was like, shit. <laughs> and so, uh, like, and now I was, but then at the end, Ron White did, <laughs> did the tater salad joke. And I was like, floored. I was sat in the back like, holy fuck. That's, like, I, when I was young in comedy, if I didn't have an end to a joke, I'd always go, and then I murdered him. Like, I'd go, like that was the, how I just, and then I stabbed him in the throat. Yeah. And sucked his dick and caught his car on fire. Sucked his dick and caught his and then I just sucked his dick and lit his car on fire. <laughs> Fuck him, you know what? You want to raise my rent? <laughs> That's a pretty good ending, though. <laughs> I sucked his dick and lit his car on fire? Yeah. For a bailout? Can I tell the, the, the story that I, that I thought was going to be the greatest story was the flying dildo story? Because it did have a great end. The lady shoves a dildo down my throat and tries to fuck it. And I could not... It turns audiences off so bad to know that that happened to me. They feel me being victimized or something. That it, 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 There's nothing... Like there's no way to better that like there's no way to get out of it like I told it last night on stage and it's just as like at the end where I go and then I'm ha- like I it, everything like she brings me I need a volunteer and I go up on stage it's all true and I feel like a leader like I've gotten them to the thing and then she puts a handcuff on me I don't even notice and I'm like wait maybe we should talk over this flying dildos how does this work and then she sweeps my legs throws a dildo in my mouth starts trying to fuck it and she's like gentlemen take a picture this is flying dildos and everyone takes a picture all the women just go like oh my god <laughs> this sounds horrible. And I'm like, yeah, that's it, though. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. this one. What before. the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, here, tell me. So you went up on stage. Uh, okay, so no, is no. That... We were in Amsterdam. Okay. And me and my like, three, probably three, four best friends at the time. Igor, DJ. Igor, DJ. <laughs> Sasha. Carlos. 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 And, Carlos. <laughs> and that bear that tried to kill you on Hurt Bird. Yeah. The, four, the five of you. That's a good story. I used to want to end that story with like, go limp, please be talking to me, not the bear. 
or please be sorry. The, yeah, and, <laughs> but then it works better with the, the wife thing. And then so I, I see the sign says flying dildos, and I go, I and I'm like, fuck it, I am sucking Anne Frank's house. We're not going there. We're going to flying dildos. So I buy all the fucking tickets. We all go to Flying Dildos. It's 30 dudes, and we're all in the same place. Like, we don't know what Flying Dildos is. We're like, literally, the joke I see on stage is like, a bunch of like-minded gentlemen, much like the Revolutionary War, just sitting around going, like, you know, like you'd imagine over a pint of ale, what is Flying Dildos? So the, <laughs> the lady, first lady comes out, I'm shorting it up, but the first lady comes out and, like, masturbates, and we're like, uh, okay, but what's, when's Flying Dildos come out? And everyone's, like, just talking. And next lady's two girls come out, but it's, like, girl on girl, and... But it's girl on girl. All right, this is a little interlude because apparently my uh, card was full. So I had to go through and delete some stuff on my card and start it back up. So I don't know where it started off. Probably in the middle of a story about flying dildos. And then right now it picks right back up at the end of flying dildos. I don't know if I have any sponsors this month, but go to BurtBurtBurt.com. Buy a book. Buy a shirt. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mother. All right, there, now we're, we're back. I don't know where that ended off, but the whole point of that fucking story was finally, the guy, I fucking heckle the, the guy comes up with a girl, I heckle his dick, he gets pissed, he storms off, now they're angry and we're just fucking shouting now, like we own this fucking sex club. <laughs> and this lady comes out and goes, in like German chick, thigh high boots, fucking biker cap, and a medicine bag. And she's like, ladies and gentlemen, I am flying dildos. Or, gentlemen, please, I am flying dildos. I need one volunteer from the audience. And everyone fucking's like, you're up, asshole. So I go up, she handcuffs me, flips me on my back, and puts a dildo in my mouth, tries to fuck it, to punish me, and goes, this is flying dildos, get your pit cameras out. And everyone just took pictures with me. But I thought that would be a better ending. I thought there would be, but it just, eh, whatever. So, so that's not flying dildos? I don't even know if, I never got to see flying dildos. <laughs> because, you, because you guys are like misbehaving. Because we were misbehaving, and I was leading it. And these fucking turncoats came up and took pictures with me with a dildo in my mouth. Thank God. But I never, so I never, we never got to see flying dildos. And I, I got out on that, on that thing. I go, I remember being like, that fucking sucked. And they were like, that's better than flying dildos. All my friends were like, that was pretty awesome. And I was like, yeah, because it would yeah. happen to you. But like an end to a story is imperative. Like a good end to a story. Like I got, I got a few really good stories that just don't have endings. My problem is I then go, all right, am I, do I make up an ending to get a story? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because then I go, well, then I'm just making it up. Like, if that Russian mob thing had happened and then I never talked to the cop and then I just made that up, <coughs> that's would bother me. That would bother me. Because then these <laughs> kids from the class would be like, that's not what happened. You actually got in a lot of trouble. I'd be like, oh, yeah, but it's better this way. <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying, but like that's the, the, that's the natural end of the story where you, all those other de- details are great too, but it's not... That wouldn't have an end if you were like, "Yeah, we're back in the train. I got to drink with him again." You know, yeah. and then it would fight you. Like so when I fought on that, and when I fought the stormtrooper on acid at the Halloween party, <laughs> yeah, the only thing I made up was I did not discuss it with my friend before I charged him. <laughs> that was it. like the rest of the story is true, but it's like instead of being like, "Hey, they got Chewbacca," I just go, "What the fuck?" and then I just run across the street <laughs> and start fighting stormtroopers. <laughs> so I added that in the middle. To make it look like... That's uh, fine, though. Yeah. I think that's fine. The thing I have... an inner monologue. Yeah, the thing I have a problem with with storytelling is (laughs) I want to know... I don't care if you put in jokes. I don't care if you... I don't care if you hide details and you pump up details. I don't care about that. I just... 
don't make shit I, up. And I like don't like. I remember I the, this was the time I realized it. I was a young comic in New York, and I had two good stories. One was about this kid. I think his name was Seth Drucker getting in a fist fight, and the other one was about me getting in a fist fight with fighting a black dude. And what I did is I just mashed them up. I turned them into one mega fucking story with like just it was just so good. And someone asked me, did that really happen? And I said, no. And the look in their face was so let down. <laughs> like, they were like, really? I said, no, I just made it up. I said, I mean, parts of it are true, but, like, just good parts out of other stories. Like, I just thought that they'd look at me and go, you're an amazing writer. Can I get you a job writing? <laughs> and, I, and they were like, oh, okay. It was a good job anyway, though, and walked away. And I went, Okay. Note to self, I was like, first of all, never tell anyone when it's not fucking true. And second of all, <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, never fucking, like, have there to be validity to these stories. Like, I had another great story about being in a car on acid, and I thought I was the record needle on a record, and the world was moving underneath me. That I just, it was a, it was a mix-up of, like, three different stories, and a widespread panic concert and alligators <laughs> and I just pushed them all together and then I got I felt so dirty telling that story that I was like the, the other thing that I couldn't do this was a big catch is I couldn't do radio okay and not do it as a bit like so like so we okay this is a little inside baseball but like um so if I go to do radio and they go can you tell us the Russian mob story? I can tell them the Russian mob story. If I go into the radio and they go, I love that much Russian mob story, I'm like, cool. I can sit and answer questions about it forever because it really happened. Right. So I can tell you anything you want to know. Yeah, ask me anything. I like that. When I did, there's a, there's a, a bit I used to do that was a bit that was very early in my career and people would go, that's crazy. What was it this like? And I was like, I don't know. That, <laughs> like, and so I just was like, I got to get rid of that bit because I can't talk about it. I can do a bit, like, I, but I can't just talk about it. You know, like, there's certain comics that go, like, do it, you know, I say Bob and Tom, I was no slight on Bob and Tom, but they do material, like, throw on Bob and Tom. They're like, you know, did I tell you about the time I did this? And you're like, no, tell me, and they can tell it. Well, that's because Bob and Tom won't let you, like, they don't want they to will, ask questions. They will let you do it. They'll ask you. Like, yeah, like, if I go do a Bob, like, the second time they didn't let me ask, they would, like, just do bits, I did really poorly. Yeah. The th third time I was on, was totally fucking cool, and they were just like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! Tell us the Russian mob story." And, we came, and they were asking about it. And it was fun, but like that's the other thing is that like, like Joey Diaz is one of those guys where his stories you don't have to have him tell the story. You can just sit and ask him about the story. Like I asked him about the first time going to prison. It was so good that out of that conversation, I want to say he got four other bits <laughs> because he was just talking about it. Like I remember the first words out of his mouth. I go, "What's, what's prison like?" And he's like, first words he said, "Dog." You think black people are allowed in the movie theater? <laughs> I fucking howled, fucking laughing, and I was like, but that's like, wasn't a bit of his, it was just him talking about that experience. It's it's the weird thing that I like, you know, uh, do you know, is that making sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember hearing Brabiglia on um, Opie and Anthony one time, and he was, he was... Stumbling is like the very first time I think he was on. He was stumbling because he had, he didn't like they aren't like a bit show, right? And he was trying to tell his bit, and DePaula was like lighting him up, going, <laughs> "Dude, wrong fucking show, wrong fucking show, man! Don't do bits on here." And and for bigly, and his head, was, I'm sure, was like, "Why the fuck are you calling me out on this?" 
But he's like, this isn't a bit. And then DePaul's like, bullshit. I can smell a bit. Voss, is this a fucking bit? And Voss is like, it's a fucking bit. And like the two of them, and Berbiglia is just sitting there. I remember where I was. That's why I love the truth. I remember where I was. I was getting, I was in the par- pulling into our parking garage in Detroit Street, and I and the gate was open, and I was just listening to this fucking go down on Opie and Anthony, and I was like, because I like Berbiglia, but I was like, how is he? But I love fucking DePaulo, and I love Voss, and I love that show, and I heard him telling a bit, and I was like, this isn't gonna work, and fucking sure enough, man, DePaulo's like, go ahead, wrap it up, let's see the rest of this little little ditty you got, and Berbiglia's like, well, no, and then you were, I was watching Berbiglia try to jive around his own bit to make it seem conversational but that's so not his material it's like it's presentable you know it's like yeah but it's still just a story like how are you going to turn all your stories into bits and then not be able to tell a story on Opie and Anthony well I have admit the, the time, and fucking it, yeah. call you out you can't like I remember the first time I went there they were like tell us the Russian mob story I want you to tell it I remember in my head going this is not the best way to meet Opie and Anthony it's telling them a fucking 10 minute bit like and I just watched Anthony tune the fuck out like I watched his eyes like just fucking back up and Norton's on this computer like I'm not listening and then Opie's kind of like in and out he's like oh it's a good story man and then I was like fuck that, those are good that's a, that's a sign of uh, excellent broadcasters yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah hey yeah. right. good job nice story Bert yeah. Click, 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 click. I host a radio show without paying attention. That was, uh, that was, I'm trying to think. But that was, it went well. One night went well. I'd done Letterman the night before. Do you ever so, do a Sam Roberts show? Yes, I love Sam. Yeah, He's yeah. The best. We've done, we did Sam's show a couple of times in September. Yeah. He's fucking great. So He's fucking great. He's really fun. Yeah. He, like, I've had some really good times doing radio with him. We did a podcast one time. The wrestler? No, His no, no, or yours? mine. But yeah. it's much like this one where I just talk the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> when, when, is it, when does it start? Yeah. yeah. That's the weird part. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the thing we we're talking about lunch. Uh, no, not the bad things, but the good thing, like the the. I don't remember. Not the fun thing. I have no idea. The, um, the cult of personality. Oh yeah. Like like, what do you think about comics? Who, who put out a cult of personality? Um, it depends on uh, if it. It just depends on if it feels manufactured. Because you have a bit of a cult, cult of personality, but it's not uh, derogatory. Like there are people where it's clearly f- staged. Yeah. Like if your shoes are too shiny, and your jeans are too fancy, then okay, you're shiny shoe. you're doing it on fucking purpose. Yeah, but you have a you have like a force of personality. Like it is a definite Burt Kreischer cult of personality. I'm definitely fucking. I'm definitely cognizant of it yeah. and try to downplay it. But like I feel like it's it's a weird thing that I think I'm toying with with this vlog thing is watching someone create a cult of personality and then like set it up so like hey, let me tell you about my life. I think it happens a lot in television. Like in television, you see guys that are like like oh. Mike Rowe is probably not this guy at all, but like right now, Mike Rowe is definitely owning the internet with like this everyman mantra. Like, have you been reading yeah. these things? Mm-hmm. But like, Bourdain's got a cult of personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That you got, you can't do anything against the grain of what people believe you to be, or all of a sudden you're no longer that person. Right. You know? I'm, Which is why people have eight shots lined up for you before the show starts. Yeah. Stanhope's got it. You know, a tell. 
People still buy Attell drinks. Like they don't know he hasn't drank for like six, seven, what, six, seven years now. Yeah, people, people still. Yeah, yeah did like, he quit smoking finally? I don't know. It goes on and off with that, right? Uh, you smoke cigarettes still? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah. That's the kicker. Yeah. Well, it comes and goes. Really? Not really. It stayed around for a while. <laughs> when was the last time you quit for a while? Uh, I quit for a couple of months in 2012. I quit for all of 2010. And then for a little while, uh, like when we worked Des Moines together, yeah. I wasn't smoking. But I think I did smoke a cigarette or two that night. No, yeah, yeah, you did. What would, what would, is, is it worse to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day or drink 10 beers a day? Or are they, like, they balance out? I've never What's did gonna... it separately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, uh, I don't know. I used to, my, my thing that I've Googled a million times is what's worse, uh, two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine, or a Xanax? What, which one is it? It's, uh, the wine. Xanax is much better for you. The liver processes it. Really? It's, they say, they say like a half a milligram of Xanax, your liver processes like one shot of tequila. So it's like no work for it. What if you sniff them? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not the way you're well, supposed yeah, to take Yeah, them. what if you do it the right way, though? <laughs> but I've always, because like, that's my, my, uh, my off the road, that's my, my, not drink. My, my decline is like the first day off the road, that night at like, say like five o'clock, I'll take a Xanax. And then I'll fucking, and that way, I, I, if I take a Xanax, I will not drink. I refuse to do both. So if I take a Xanax at five o'clock, that's almost like me taking a pill that goes, I won't drink tonight. So it's like my, that's like a commitment to not drinking. So I take that, and then I'm relaxed. I don't, I don't like, I kind of want to go to bed early. I go to bed at like eight o'clock. I get like, a, I get, I sleep until fucking eight, or until like six. I get up, make the girls breakfast, and I feel good about myself. And then I take, you have coffee and I fucking work out and I feel so good that the next night I don't want to drink so I go I feel fucking amazing let's just let this roll and so that's like and I call it my dismount and uh, I told it to a doctor one time I want to say maybe my doctor my personal doctor <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't it be no because no I'm thinking no 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 no, no. <laughs> no it, it might have been Dr. Drew but it, it wasn't Dr. Drew because he definitely doesn't see that as lighthearted. And, <laughs> but I said it to my doctor, and my doctor was like, yeah. I want to say I said it to Stanhope, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't, because if you quit drinking right away, you'll have a stroke. And I was yeah, like... Yeah, you, you guys yeah. talked about that on your podcast, so yeah. for sure. Yeah, we he's talked about doctor. it. Dr. Stanhope. What? Is that true? He's not a doctor, though. No, but I'll take, Stan, I'll take <laughs> Stanhope's dirty medicine over anyone's. <laughs> like, if Stanhope says something to me, I go, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Good call, good call. The I've thought about that when I've tried to... I've thought about your... I've, I've, Listen to a couple of your podcasts with him and Burr, and that was one where when I think about not drinking, I'm like, well, they were talking about that. That's probably, you know, I probably should have one or two tonight. Yeah, but like, I definitely have had. Uh, the last time I was home, I came off like this big tear, but it's it, what it was is a day of flying. Like, because I drink when I fly, and that's what fucks me up. If I could not drink flying, that would be. What time's your flight in the morning? 11. Oh, that's not too bad. That's like, not too bad, and I get in it too. Chugging those, chugging those beers you'll have to chug to get on that plane won't be as ridiculous as it's been, man, 515. I, I say this honestly, but like the ones that like... I think you've seen me in an airport at 515 fucking just being like not wanting to drink, being like I'm yeah. so fucked up. My stomach's bothering me. I'm nervous. I've got, I'm anxious. I'm obsessive compulsive. So I start seeing everything as a sign not to get on the plane. And, <laughs> like, and it's just, and I, and I just go, and I'm, I'm probably, it's probably detox from the weekend. 
You know, like that's probably what it is. It's just regular people being hungover. I'm, I'm sure everyone feels like that, but I but I do it so much that I just like put down like. So I've, I've, I mean, yeah, two two twenty four ounce cans of beer in his hotel room. Drank them before we got in the car on the way to the airport. By the way, this is the airport we were at where we got into a fight. <laughs> yeah, which is because the bar wasn't open, and I just had to sit there right? and fucking sober up and wait for the plane with this asshole. Yeah, blames <laughs> it on me, even though it's his yeah inability to. Uh, Paul got me those beers, and he was like, yeah. and they were fucking clamato and Budweiser. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Gross. fucking that's put a real these. fuck you. And but no, I, it's I'm, like a breakfast beer. <laughs> And, but like so, like I, like the last time I was home, I, I had a real rough flight. We had bad turbulence, which d- it really exacerbates it. Obviously, I think uh, I don't remember what it was, but I get home at like the wrong hour. It's like the witching hour, where it's like fucking four o'clock is when the plane lands in L.A. and oh. you leave at like eight. So it means we got I got laid over somewhere long as shit. It's now seven o'clock to me in my system, but I get in at four. And the kids have just gotten out, and then friends come over, and friends want to drink, but I'm not drinking, and and then everyone leaves, and I didn't drink, you know, when everyone was there, and I'm like, sit on the couch, and I'm, I start thinking, oh, and then my buddy told, had an aneurysm, and I start going like, I, I need a glass of wine, like I'm having panic, I need a glass of wine, I'll have a glass of wine and go to sleep. I had a glass of wine, I went to bed, and I was like, I just had a glass of wine so that because I'm obsessing now about having a stroke, like I'm just, you know. <laughs> Because Stanhope told you. Because Stanhope told you. Yeah. Because Stan, Stanhope how that... thought up this idea that keeps him drinking. <laughs> yeah. It keeps him from having to quit. Yeah. And you're now... So he does it in Bisbee as a goof so he can keep drinking, but you're staring at a ceiling terrified you're going to die. White knuckling it. fucking thing Stanhope made up. Stanhope made it up fucking ten years ago and now I'm still holding on to it. That's crazy how that works. <laughs> When you get on the plane, or before you get on the plane, uh, I have, and it works. It does work if I have a smooth flight. Oh. Um, if I have turbulence, the Xanax disappears. I, I feel panic, just like a regular person, mm-hmm. and I can't drink to fix it. So I'm just sitting with panic. And then once the panic started, it kind of sits like right on the layer, right on the fucking on the top of the layer, and you just sit there and you're like, "This is uh, this is really like fucking shitty." And then one time I did it, I was flying from Colorado to Portland, and I had taken a Xanax, and the turbulence was really bad, and I said, I never drink on Xanax, but I'm going to have one beer, and maybe it'll make the Xanax kick in harder. Because I have drank on Xanax when I was younger, but I haven't done it in maybe, in probably 11 years. So I had a beer, and it felt like I was having a heart attack. And I was like, and I just felt sick, and I didn't feel good, and I was like, oh man, this is bad. And I had like half a beer, and I was like... In my head, I'm like, maybe if I just kill the whole beer, it'll feel fucking better. It'll kick in. And I killed the whole beer, and I got worse. And I was like, oh, my God. Three more beers. And then I, no, then I was like, fuck yeah. it. I'm just going to sit with the panic. And then I got off, and I, was, I got off that flight, and I said, I'll never take another fucking Xanax to fly. Mm-hmm. However, I'm doing it uh, Monday, or t- Thursday, to Austin, to L.A. Because it's a two-hour flight. I was like, I can do anything for two hours. It's a five-hour flight to get to me. Like, New York, yeah. like, fucking 33 hours to fucking Vietnam. There's no way I'm going to take a Xanax and just hope I don't have turbulence in 30 hours of fucking flying. <laughs> what about Ambien in a flight like that? I uh, Dude. Yeah, what about sleeping pills? Uh, do you take sleeping pills? How about just no. enough acid like you were trying to get... Microdosing? Yeah, the fun part. Yeah. The, I, the part that yeah, the, yeah, there's no way is yeah. true. 
and you just get that where it's like you get yeah. all the you take all the good shit out of it and you just have like the stomach cramps and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, the, just that thing where the back of your brain itches and you can't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that, part, that part of acid. Everyone's favorite part of acid. <laughs> where you can feel like a hand inside your skull. Where you think about your spine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you shouldn't be able to feel your spine. Well, when you think about it, but when you're on acid, you're just like the the spine the whole time is like your spine with a blindfold on. You're anticipating. (laughs) That's true. That's true. What time's your show? Eight. What time is it now? It's five. Okay, you gotta go. No, I keep looking at your phone. No, it buzzed. Uh, Okay. Um, Maybe this is like hippie bullshit, but have you ever tried? Have you tried like meditation stuff? I have not. I have. I have tried done meditation, but I haven't gotten. I want to do the class. Have you tried uh, just being a man? Oh, <laughs> oh. That's like third, that's the third best nice. nice thing on the list. Yeah, <laughs> I've been, I've done, I've done, I've said I'm gonna white knuckle it. No, no I got, I get, I used to get so fucking scared of flying, like I was yeah. like terrified, and uh, I just developed a system of like, you just breathe, and then it like. It's almost like the way that I would, like, when I started doing stand-up and I'd be so terrified, but, it, like, like, well, I'm already signed up. They're going to call my name. I have to. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. They're going to call my name, and, like, now that I, like, I get on the airplane, it's like, okay, it's going to take off. Like, I can't get off the plane. No, I've, I've done the, what were you going <laughs> to I, I look at the flight attendants because they're always so calm. Like, the thing's bouncing around. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's like, the other thing. Yeah. Breaks, but then, the, but there was one time where the flight attendant was like, uh, and, I, and then I was like, oh, fuck. This, see, that this, works this very well terrible. until you see a scared until flight attendant, scared, and yeah. then you're like, oh, this is, we're all dead. Yeah. Like, we are dead. Um, I, I, I did, uh. I, I white knuckled it where I was like, fuck it, here we go. It was in Amarillo, Texas. I was like young, and I was like, listen, if I'm going to do this for a living, I need to fucking be able to do this. I need to get on this fucking plane and, and fucking get on, and not worry about it. So it's like, I want to say it's like six in the morning, seven in the morning, it was early, first flight. They were asking people if they could give up their seats to get on the next flight because it was packed going to Dallas. And I was like, no, 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 I'm getting home. Getting home, I want to see the girls. I get on the plane, and my brain says, if you get any sign that you shouldn't be on this plane, get the fuck off. <laughs> and you need to be very attuned to what you hear. And, uh, and everyone's lo- lo- loading on. And uh, this guy gets, the, I guess, the, they get on the thing. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, we have a full flight tonight. Uh, if you could just put your bags in. If you need carry on, put on you know, at the front. And then the captain gets on. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain, Todd Bray. And I went, Todd Bray? I go, Todd Bray went to college with me. I go, fuck, this is a sign. And I got up and I got off the fucking plane. And I fucking walked in and I was like, I need to get the fuck. I'm, I'll get my seat up. And they were like, where are you going? So I was like, I'm not getting on this plane. I'm not getting on this plane. And they're like, really? And I said, nope, I'm not getting on this plane. And my brain's going, nope, you're going to stay here and you're going to drink and you're going to the next one. And you're not going to do this sober. This plane's going down. And I, and I, got, off, I got off the plane. And I said, uh, I went to college with Todd Bray. Todd Bray's a fucking stoner. I'm not letting him fly my fucking plane. And I got off the plane. I said, I'd like to get my seat up. And they're like, sir, you, you're, already checking. you're already going. And I said, I'd like to get my seat up. I'd like to go on the next fucking flight. And they were like, are, are you certain about this? And I was like, fucking, I got off and I fucking stayed in Amarillo. They didn't start serving until like fucking 10. So I took like the noon flight and I just sat in the airport for five hours. And I was like, I will never fucking fly sober again. Like that was fucking such a clusterfuck. That was the real sign. You shouldn't fly sober. Ladies and gentlemen, Todd Bray. I remember he goes, this is your captain, Todd Bray. And I went, there's no fucking way. I was like, that's a sign from God. And I got off. 
Had a plane, nothing happened. You stand up and go, hey, all that shit in Russia happened, right? <laughs> now, I ain't lying about any of that, am I? You know, you know, what, the, you know, you know what the crazy thing is? Is, uh, is the... You hear about the, the model, the supermodel, who oh, didn't get on the Swiss Air Flight 800? Is this a joke? Like, the no. pilot was her mother? Very, very famous woman. A fucking the pilot was I got awesome. story. Uh, Eddie, Eddie George, uh, Buckeye, uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. He, yeah, he owner got, of the got, restaurant. You bartended. I, I did bartend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Eddie uh, was... Uh, when he got drafted by the, the Houston Oilers, his agent insisted that his mom come to the, the, the signing or whatever. And she's like, no. She was a, t- a TWA, I think, flight attendant. And insisted, like, no, she's got it. And he's like, no, she's already on a flight. They, the agent was like, no, you need to be there. We need to show family unity. Uh, the mom cancels the uh, the flight. And that was the, I think it was TWA that crashed uh, out of New York to London or Paris that uh, crashed in the in the uh, Atlantic. So Holy it shit. Sa- saved Eddie George's mom's life. Wow. Well, then Jennings decided he'd rather ride in the bus than on the uh, buddy. Oh, he was flight. the one that's always the, the quiz question. People were like, which yeah. was the guy, who was the guy that, uh, that lit, that's with? No, they flipped for it. They flipped a coin for it. Who did? Waylon Jennings and whoever died. Buddy Holly? <laughs> buddy, uh, Buddy, no, Holly, no, Buddy Holly was going for sure. Richie Valens, the big bobber? Richie Valens, they flipped No, Waylon Jennings used to play guitar for Buddy Holly. Yeah. I have Waylon Jennings' back tattoo, trust me. I know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really do. I don't <laughs> look, it up, look it up. They, they flipped a coin. No, I believe you. But he ended up not on that. They flipped a coin. Eric Clapton, yeah. Eric Clapton the didn't get on that helicopter that killed Stevie Ray Vaughan. What is it? Eric Clapton didn't get on that helicopter that killed Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then pushed his son out of a window, I heard. He didn't push <laughs> his son out of a window. It was more of like a DDT. I heard it was uh, Big Mac Monday. He had a nanny. And I feel like the nanny should take some of the blame. Mm, probably Cuban. Jesus. I think that you just shouldn't let your baby stand by a window. Or sit on a windowsill. No, you know, I it is in remarkably hard to keep children alive. Like what it is, it's really hard. They are, they are <laughs> constantly trying. You ever, trying you ever tried to kill one? It's even harder. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna find out who this model was. It's like uh, Heidi Klum or something. Yeah. She didn't get on the flight. She was at the airport and called her fucking husband. I was like, I have a bad feeling about this flight. And fucking, I'm gonna tweet it right now. Someone. Seal, uh, Seal was like, don't get on that flight. Does anyone know the model who didn't get on if the Air France flight? If anybody was going to save your life flight? by being like, don't get on a flight, it would be Seal. Yeah. The like, crash? I feel like Seal would know. And then later he'd be like, that was totally crazy. She, yeah, she didn't get on the flight. But like, it's like, it's like, oh, what's his name? What's the guy's name who fucking, who uh, didn't, he slept through 9-11? Steve so, Brandon Zizzy? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, Mark uh, Wahlberg. No, no, yeah, he did too, right? Like, the, isn't that the story that like that was the flight he usually took? Robert Redford usually took one of those flights, but didn't um, that day. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane slept yeah, through nine eleven. He's the model. That's too bad. Yeah, he's, he's Seth MacFarlane's the model. He's married to Seal. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi Klum used to go to our dance class, her and Seal, uh, our kids' dance class. Yeah. And I remember one time I was sitting there and in the waiting room, you had to wait for him. It was uh, Sophie Dance. And I'm sitting there and 
mom was sitting there. Like, I didn't know it was Heidi Klum. And I was like, this fucking mom is hot as shit. Like, I'm just <laughs> staring at her going, this might be the most beautiful mom I've ever seen. And I'm literally like, I can't stop looking at her. And then they, they had, like, one of those Mercedes. Those Meanwhile, Mercedes that's her fans. job. Her job is to just be looked at. the most beautiful woman alive. <laughs> And she uh, she had those one of those uh, Mercedes traveling buses like you know those traveling things oh, and uh, and she, they used yeah. to park it right the in the fucking door so that they could open the doors go into the dance class and then open the doors get right into the bus so that no one said they saw their kids or anything and I remember just looking at her going she's gorgeous and then her mom came out one time I think and I was like her fucking mom's hot like I remember being like I'd fuck her mom her mom's like sixty something and I said to Leanne I was like she's like <laughs> one of those uh, one of the moms is like really beautiful she's like. Heidi Klum and I go that's Heidi Klum she's like yeah you never seen her with Seal and I was like oh my god I'm like I'm so I thought it was like her fucking bodyguard or something he's a, he, Seal's a big motherfucker he's like he's like 6'4 six, 6'3 six, he's a big yeah. dude and he's fucking and he's a, he's a stud too but you know, I, don't, I never like looked at him and then, and then I looked at him the next time I was like oh that's definitely Seal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I saw the... was I with you at the Grove when I saw Heidi Klum and Seal like I was somewhere it was uh I saw him at the Grove, and there was like a crowd of people around him. I was like, I think that's probably somewhat famous, but I can't recognize Heidi Klum from a hundred yards away. But I could recognize Seal from oh, yeah. hundred yards I, away. Well, I'd seen him like I, it was after the fact that I started seeing Seal around. But like, I, the, there's a name for that where you don't, uh, where once something gets into your brain, then you see it all the time, and that's what happened with you and Seal. Yeah. Like you don't think about Seal forever, and then you realize, oh, that's Seal, and then now everywhere you look, fucking Seal. It's called the. Uh, Schrodinger's cat. Nope. Something syndrome. Uh, Stockholm, Stockholm nope. syndrome. Nope. <laughs> the China you know syndrome. The China syndrome. I don't syndrome. know what it is. It's, but I know it's, it's not the Manchurian candidate. Uh, it's a forceps it's a disease. What is that? It's like what a disease. It? Like it's a flu that he got I, as a kid. I thought he got attacked by a shark. I don't think that's. Don't it's not forceps. What the thing on his face? Yeah, where they had a region and. Oh, it's not forceps. No, it's not. <laughs> a fucking doctor guy grabs a kid by the fucking cheeks. No, they fucking. It, no, it's a disease. You got a virus, and it turns into a mutation. It looks like he had chicken pox, and he itched the shit out of it with like sandpaper. Oh, that, no, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. His mom yeah. said, "Oh, here you got chicken pox. Here's some sandpaper seal." <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so in your story, like, Seal is Seal's his real name. His <laughs> <laughs> name's not Seal? I don't know. What are the odds his name is just Seal? <laughs> I, think his, I think his first name's Lou. Lou Seal? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God. What, is what that happened to Seal's s- face? Is that a Sweet Pickles book? What happened to Seal's face? I mean, easy, easy motherfucking E was actually his birth name, though. Easy motherfucking E. Uh, you seal. know, this, you'd be shocked. How do you spell seal? S E A L. Oh, it says I typed in what happened to Seal's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Seal's face? Uh, the rumors, but well, we don't know. It's a it's a type of lupus called dyssocoid lupus that affects the skin above the neck. Uh-huh. It's amazing that he's got that shit and he still fucking gets pussy. Like if I had that, I would. Be, Have you heard him? Also, oh yeah, he's, he is. He's six four. He's a big motherfucker. He's a, he's a good singer. He has What's his real name? Do you think? Do you think his name's not Seal? I, I don't think it is. I've honestly not put. GED, I've so honestly not thought no. a lot about it. No way. Either way, but Harry, Ooh, Harry, Henry, Osalogan, <laughs> Adadole, Samuel, which is short for Seal. <laughs> it's Dutch for Seal. 
Oh, that's so crazy. I didn't know that's how he got that name. What? That he it's used a, to, when he was a baby, he acronym. didn't have control over his hands or legs, and so he'd slide around on his stomach. Like a oh. Stomach. Yeah. Are you making? I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, from the lupus. Yeah, from the lupus. Oh. Yeah. Let's see how we got the name Seal. Uh, 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 he used to murder seals. <laughs> they used to call him Club. He would just kill seals with a club. Um, he's a he's six seven. Six, six seven? seven? Nope, that's not true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a, I tell you, I tell you which like, of these facts are accurate. I bet okay. he's five ten. Okay. He was born in true. He was born in London true. to a Nigerian mother. True. He. Has a tattoo that says "Go Red Sox" on his shoulder. <laughs> uh, you know why they call Seal Seal? The first one. No. He lost control when it, from this thing from it was his arms and legs when he was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> from the lupus. Uh, and he used to slide around on his lupus. stomach. He can't. They, they lube his belly, way. and he'd go around the tile floors <laughs> on his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Bader Bader Meinhof is the thing. That Bader Meinhof. That's the when you, when you, you hear something, something, you'll hear it again. So we'll probably hear a seal song when we get in the car after this. Is it a perception oh, thing, or is it? It's considered? coding. It's coding. It's for instance, I talked to. It's like uh, the Matrix. It's a. It, it, you code in for, I don't know, I heard, oh my God. I was about to say, I just talked to a therapist about this. I heard this on Rogan's podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, it's like your doctor, Stan yeah, and yeah. Rogan is your Jesus therapist. Christ, all my fucking great, self-help great. is just, it's the, when you start, like I noticed the number, I notice double numbers a lot when I work out. Well, I just noticed it right there. Like double numbers, it'll be 32, 32, or 14, 14, or like when I work out, I'll look at it and I go. 44. Like, uh, no, no. For me, it's got to be like the first number and the second number are identical, like 0505, zero, zero, five, and I notice it. 44, 44. Rogan's thing was that it, the phone always rings the second he gets in the shower. Second he gets in the shower, the phone rings. The scientist said that, no, you're simply coding that information to recognize the phone's ringing that you're in the shower. You're in the shower and the phone rings. That always happens. You don't remember all the million times that the phone yeah, rings that you're not in the shower. Right, right. Yeah. It just happens to be that time. So you're coding that information. So it's like, like I'm like, God, I'm hearing this song nonstop. Well, I probably have heard a couple songs nonstop today, but I just... This is the one that's in my head, so now I'm bringing this up because of that reason. I don't I know if that don't hear those or you were editing an X's and O's video. X's and O's. Did you see our X's and O's? I watched that last night. That no. Was, no, no you're not going to show me a video <laughs> while we're making a podcast. This yeah. is <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous, bro. Let's just wrap up this podcast. Uh, let's just let it meander. <laughs> Can someone else talk for a little while so that my fans don't hate it? It's amazing that my fans don't like me talking on podcasts. I'm like, I wonder what they do like about my podcast. They want more of other people, people. No, yeah, people are like, man, that was a great podcast. You barely talked at all. I'm like, <laughs> people, uh, <laughs> people want to see the both of us on DLM together. Oh, that I comes drive. Up Ooh, and I can nuts. Say, I can oh yeah, you quietly. do. You drive me crazy right now. I drive Doug fucking nuts. <laughs> but um, the laughs, people like our laughs. Uh, <laughs> for some reason it's really Good hard to laughs. talk to you what, did you learn how to make a podcast by being on the Open Anthony show that one time huh yeah <laughs> there you go let's see how many subscribers I have on my, my YouTube channel 11,230 guys subscribe to my YouTube channel just go on there's well there's a lot of people who have watched this video for me it's all my fans well that's half my fans right there 
Twelve fifty. Twelve forty-eight. Twelve forty-eight. I have two thousand fans. Two thousand two. Three thousand fans. Uh, like two thousand two hundred forty forty-five hundred fans. Twenty-five hundred fans. That's all you need to have a career. That's it. I'm going to tell you exactly how much money that you'll make with those fans. Don't Wait. say it on the podcast. I don't want people to know how much money I make. <laughs> what is, what would be, like, what do you think is the thing that, like, I'm going to say a name. You say the thing that made them fucking broke, put them over the edge, okay? Okay. So I'll say a name of a comic, and you go, this, this moment is what made them as big as they are. Uh, Aziz Ansari. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Comedians in cars, funny drinking people. coffee, <laughs> him doing stand up on funny people. Okay, I think that's actually probably that was the thing that everyone was like, "Oh, he's a comic. He's the best." But then he started guy. doing stand up, and he started <laughs> like because he played that stand up on that show. And that, <laughs> yeah, he didn't do stand up before that. No, no, and then he would do a lot of that Randy shit. Uh, I remember character stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what's so funny is I saw his stand up, and he did a bit. Pretending to be Randy, and I thought the actual bit and the delivery was better as Randy than like his stand-up. Yeah, like the bit yeah. was like, I like to go to a fucking man. I like to go to a fucking Rite Aid every single day and buy uh, two cucumbers, two bottles of Jack Daniels, and twelve CDs. Two cucumbers, two CDs, whatever it was. It was. The bit was funny, and I laughed. And then he went back, and he's like, "Isn't that ridiculous?" And I was like, "Wait, why did I laugh?" <laughs> I go, "I laughed at the bad one." <laughs> um, but yeah, he didn't start doing stand-up until that. I guess. Yeah. That's crazy. But like Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec is great. Parks and Rec is super funny and such a good show, but like Nick Offerman ain't selling out Madison Square Garden. Nick Offerman is the guy. Oh, does he do stand up now too? He does. He does like a one man show. But I think he's always done stage stuff. And what he's doing now isn't stand up. It's a, it's like an on stage it's like a funny TED talk about being a man. Like if Corolla wasn't a misogynist. Yeah. Oh wow! So he just does a character of. He no, does that it's, character. No, it's for himself, and it's like it's more like a one man show. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's entertaining. Like, you wrote a book about like how to be a character. manager. Yeah, but not, <laughs> but not like. Uh, like I don't care for uh, like Corolla's book is called "In Fifty Years We'll All Be Chicks." Yeah. It's like okay, dude. So you just just. Give your kid a hug. Like, what the fuck? What's your problem? 